Well, thank you for being here tonight. This is going to wrap up our fourth lesson of called to serve. And again, this week is called to serve my church. Um, this week we have three different people on the panel. So we have my mother, Sister Karen Fisher, uh, Sister Lexi Goda, and Brother Todd Hudiger. Last week we had Brother Tico. So we have Sister Lexi this week, a different perspective this week. So we have a lot of knowledge here, a lot of good things are going to be said. The beautiful thing is I get to narrate and kind of tag in with them. So we're going to kick it off with a very simple question um, about what ways are they serving currently and where have they served before. And uh, Todd, we're going, to, we're going to kick it off with you. So what ways have you served? Where are you serving now? Just kind of give us a little bit of background here. Um, so I am, uh, I serve in the um, music department, of course, singing and playing the drums. And then um, in the past, I've helped clean, clean the church with my family and done maintenance and different things with Brother Dennis, helped around. And then um, I don't really have, I guess we'll just call it the chair moving department. It's a very broad, broad department that I'm making up right now and uh, <laughs> kind of just covers up. A lot of different bases, helping Brother Derek around around the church, setting up for different events, banquets, weddings, different stuff like that, and then of course moving chairs. <laughs> so somebody as young as twenty three is involved in a lot, a lot of stuff. Sister Lexi, where have you served, and everywhere you've served, you've served a lot of places, I'm sure. Well, currently I'm the kitchen director. I've been the kitchen director since 2012. We aren't really doing a whole lot right now because we don't really have a fellowship hall currently. Um, I have taught 10-11 Sunday school class since I was 18 years old, so a really long time. Um, we did help with the youth for several years when our children were a little bit younger. Uh, my husband and I were small group leaders for several years. Uh, we've helped with VBS when we used to do that. I have been in the nursery and the toddler class, sing in the choir, uh, Wednesday Kids Church. Uh, my husband and I, we think it's important to assist help fill in wherever and whenever we are needed. Uh, that's definitely something I think that's very important. And um, I also te teach a life group every once in a while. That's great. She mentioned the choir. This past Sunday night we had choir for the first time in a while. And Brother Lyle and the choir was incredible this past Sunday. Would you give the choir a good hand for this? This past Sunday is incredible. My mother, Sister Karen Fisher, I'll let her take it away. Well, I'm currently a Sunday school teacher in the 10 and 11 year old class, volunteer at Little Life, the ladies committee, the food pantry, I sometimes fill in at the bookstore on the first impressions team. And um, we um, watch Adeline on most Sunday evenings when the youth have church. So they are free, Andrew and Crystal are free to do what they need to do over there. Um, said, what have you did in the past? In the past, I put on here that Mike and I were youth leaders. That's what they used to call us, not youth pastors. We youth leaders for 17 years or so. I've probably taught Sunday school since I was 20, and I think I've taught almost every age group. Um, three years as a dorm supervisor at church camp. That was an experience. Led daughter of Zion Prayer. Help serve in the kitchen, clean, provide rides to church, um, you know, all kinds of things. You can't list everything. So 
I just put at different seasons of life, we have served in different ways. And no matter what the season we are in, there is something for us to do. Ecclesiastics 9.10 says, Whatever, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. It's good. It's really good. The second question tonight is going to be kind of tying in with last week's lesson, but bringing it back into serving the church. It's going to be right around the family. And what are ways you've served or we have served as a family? And how important is that power of exampleship when it comes to serving together as a family with your family? Uh, Sister Lexi, you want to kick us off with this one? So I found Galatians five thirteen through 14, and I really like this verse. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But it's, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but though... But through love, serve one another, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Ever since our children were old enough to help, we did bring them with us to work days, uh, set up for events, anything that we needed to do, they were there with us, helping in any way they could, even whenever they were younger. Now they're all older and such a help. Uh, We decided a long time ago that our children need to see not only their immediate family serving, but their church family serving. This helps them to recognize that everyone in the body serves in the house. Everybody does. Not just their parents, not just Pastor and Sister Tammy, but everybody serves. Young and old. We are always serving. When my children turned 10... I allowed them to help in the kitchen when we had events. They were so excited to do that. You know, sometimes kids are excited to do something, and then after a while they realize, well, this maybe might not be so much fun. But they actually really do enjoy it. Um, Even before they turned 10, they would go with me to pick up all of the needed groceries and supplies if we were going to have a dinner in the kitchen. They would help unload and organize it at the church. And sometimes they would even help me go through the refrigerator and throw away all the expired things. Physically serving one another teaches our children and even us to look someone in the eye, smile, and say, how can I serve you? They are learning to set themselves aside and meet the needs of others. To me, that is one of the most important lessons in life. This can be applied as they grow in maturity and in their spiritual walk with God to be encouraging and lifting up others with words as well as actions. I tell the 10-11 class a lot, pretty much every time I teach, and I told them I'm going to tell them every time that they need to love their neighbor as their self. And I do ask them every once in a while, you know, who's the most important person in your life? And they'll say, my mom or my dad. And they'll say, no. Whenever you wake up in the morning, who's the first person you think about? Yourself. I'm hungry. I'm cold. I'm tired. You know, I need to sit down. And I said, so you need to treat others and think about others the same way you think about yourself. You need to think about their needs just as much as you think about yours. And that's a big deal. And I'm hoping that I can get that ingrained in their heads to where they do live that. By serving others, by serving our church, we are learning to love our neighbor as ourself, to be concerned about the needs of the church just as much as our own needs. And I really, this, the verse, precept upon precept, line upon line, has been in my mind a lot. I told my kids I need a plaque on my wall that says that because it is so important that we start with those foundations with our children and just build and build and build, and they're going to take that into their adult lives, hopefully, and serve in the church just as we did. Yeah, I know that I've watched, just like I've watched you, Brother Tico, with your kids, and 
And uh, I think one of the biggest things when we came here was watching the teamwork of families serving together. Any chance that we have to do something with the kids, we bring them along. Even if they can't do everything, we just bring them along for the journey. Um, you know, there's a work day. We don't, we don't do work days very often, but when we do things to get done, if there's a lot of people here, we can knock a lot of stuff out pretty quick. And we bring them along, grab a rag, clean a window, whatever the case is. I think that exampleship is so powerful as a family unit. Sister Karen. Well, I'm going to go back to my examples first. As I can remember, mom and dad always giving someone a ride to church. Car was packed. Didn't have seatbelts back then. No air conditioning. Mom, still at 83 years old, is still providing a ride for someone to church. Church dinners, mom always kind of was in charge of the mashed potatoes. (laughs) And no matter what was needed in the church, we were a part of that. Sanding down a school bus, I remember doing that so it could be painted into a church, so it could be painted for a church bus, taking food from our cabinets because there was no food pantry at that time to feed others. Um, my dad, I'd heard, you know, he didn't talk about a lot of things um, when I was little, but later on he was told how hungry he was as a child and he often went hungry and he didn't want anybody else to be hungry. So my dad's grandmother had raised him from about the time he was nine or ten. Later in life, she went blind. And so um, mom and dad took care of, of her and, and my dad's uncle, who, who never married. And um, mom would go down there and change the sheets, take the laundry home. They didn't have any running water. They didn't have electricity. They had no inside facilities. So we were taught at a young age that you take care of people, not just your family, but other people. Um, My grandma and grandpa Albright um, owned a restaurant, and they probably worked about 12 hours a day. But grandma still cooked for the church. She still taught Sunday school. She still um, cooked at church conventions and camp. The restaurant was closed on Sunday. Did not work on Sunday, not at the restaurant. they, still, they gave them their tithes, they gave them their offerings, and of their time. A lot of times we just think giving is money. It's not just money. So Mike and I kind of have followed the example that was set before us. Um, we took kids to church camp, youth conferences. Um, we t- took our kids to church on work day. They did what they were capable of doing. At that time, like Sister Lexi said, you know, um, you start them out young and then they will follow. Um, they might have just had to be the gophers. They had to go get this or they had to go get that or they had to put something away. They have cleaned. They've been at church dinners to serve the dinner, to set up, to take down. They've cleaned. They've, um, wherever we went, they went, basically. It was a part of us. As pastor says... It gets into your DNA. It is your DNA. And I was taught, if you won't bend down to pick up a penny, don't bend down to pick up a dollar. So in a different way of saying that is, if you won't pick up a piece of paper or trash that's on the church floor or out in the church yard campus or pull a weed, well, you know, it has to start somewhere. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, or her, and when he or her is old, they won't depart from it. 
Recently, um, we had the volunteer fair, it's been a little while back, um, in the atrium to sign up. And Isaac, he, he took that very serious. And he went by every table that he thought would pertain to him. And he read all the details. Someone was telling me that they was watching him. And he decided the food pantry was for him. He was probably, he's 13 now, maybe he's 11 or 12 then. So um, we, we um, committed to getting him to the food pantry. He would much rather for Papa, as he calls Mike, to take him than me, but he'll settle for me when Mike's working. Um, and, you know, that, that kind of has um, been part of what the family has done. My mom used to pick up, before Sarah could drive, would pick her up and take her to the pantry. Samuel and Anna are there now. So, um, you know, you can see growth in your kids, or in, even in the church kids, when, when they start somewhere. It's beautiful. I remember what she's talking about. I remember as a kid growing up, them taking us to whatever had to be done. Todd, you're talking about the chair department, you know, setting up chairs, tables. That's just what we did. Um, it, it got into our DNA. And I think the right thing to do is to, to transfer that and help facilitate examples and, and things to get into my kids' DNA about serving. Todd, you're going to have a, a different perspective to this. You know, you're You've been with your family for a long time. You know, you're 23 years old, so you're going to have a little bit different perspective. So go ahead and go ahead and talk about this real quick. I I think that um, exampleship is super important, and all all of you guys have said it. It it gets ingrained into your mind. You know, just serving my grandparents. You know, we haven't always gone to this church. We've been here for about 10 or 11 years, I think now. But even when we were at other churches, my grandparents, my parents. Everybody demonstrated serving wherever you could, whenever you could, just always being there. And, um, you know, even, even now, it's kind of gone, gone full circle. You know, when I, when I need help, you know, setting up tables or something like that, and I can't find, you know, a young person or someone else to help, my dad will come and help me, and we'll, you know, we'll set up stuff. And so it's, you know, um, you know serving with my family is just kind of how it's always been. It's how, how I've grown up, so. Yeah, I think, I think together as a family, you know, it's kind of piggybacking off last week again, but serving directly in the church is so important. It's, it's so important to get to. Um, the next question we're going to talk about is probably one of the most important questions when it comes to being connected as a church. If, if you weren't here on August 15th or you were here, it always goes, it always is a it's always a good practice to go back and listen to pastor's messages over and over again. I do it to digest it a different way. On August 15th, pastor spoke, um, the message was titled, Not So Among You. And he talked about how important it is in order to be connected. Let's get into serving. Let's get into serving. So when, when it comes to serving, uh, how does it cultivate connection and relationship with those you're serving with, which is really important. Sister Karen. Well, I'm just going to talk mainly about my time at New Life. So when we came to New Life, um, I already knew several people here. Um, One was my good friend, Kim Myers. 
but um, Kim and I had already knew each other through Columbia House, and we were sort of blessed to have a little bit of freedom in the departments that we uh, worked in. Um, she worked in purchasing, and I worked in the payroll department, so, you know, we didn't have lunch hours set in stone or, or um, maybe breaks set in stone, so we could get together a little bit and, and help each other. Um, so we, if we had a need, we knew who... We knew we could go to each other. We could, we could present that need to one another and pray for each other. And that connected me with Kim. I didn't know her before that. Um, our friendship is one that I treasure. And I still sometimes ask her to pray for something from time to time. There were a lot of people here, though, that we didn't know. And so we were connected with a small group. And quickly, um, there was quickly a connection and a relationship was, was formed with everybody in that group and quickly learned that we cared and we provided for each other. You can't be here long and not get a hug from Sister Diane Wallace. After a while, she'd asked me to be on the ladies' committee. Um, I, you know, when I got here, I'd been at one church for 35 years, so I was a little... Um, my trust was a little, I'll just put it, my trust was a little down, I guess. I just kept people at just a little bit, you know, okay, you can come this close and no farther. <laughs> but uh, she soon broke through that. So um, what a blessing her hospitality has been and to learn her heart of service. That was my connection with her, my first connection. That, connect, that ladies group connected me to a lot of the ladies, especially Sister Tammy. Um, my good friend, Sister Carla Wetnight, and I back there, we did uh, the dorm supervising for three years with her. She was better than me. She went on and done some more. <laughs> She's one of the sweetest ladies you'll ever meet. Ashley Engel and Brooke Miller, um, before they were married in, in that time, they supervised um, one year in an adjoining dorm with us, and... Um, I quickly, you know, connected with them, and we still have a connection. Um, I'm not so sure if I didn't supervise them more than they supervised. No, never mind. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I taught Sunday school, I've um, taught with t um, Brother Tico and Sister Lexi. Um, I think maybe we learned from each other um, at a time when... Um, Sister Lexi had lost her dad. It had been a few years since I lost mine. And we talked a little bit, and I hope with some comfort. And, um, you know, we was able, there, there's a connection there. Um, so you learn different people. Uh, as the Sunday school grows, so do we. So the last few times I've talked with Brother Kyle and Sister Tef Tiffany Letts. I knew who they were. I knew they sat over there. I knew that Kyle was Derek and Hannah's brother, and Tiffany was Kyle's wife. That's about what I knew about them. Well, teaching with me, I have learned that Kyle is calm. He has a calm way about him. He has an authoritative way about him. And Tiffany is sweet and fun and kind. They're great teachers, and I love them both. Also, in teaching, it, it connects you with the kids, and I know during um, the lockdown or the COVID and when we didn't have church, and you come back 
And, you know, the kids that was in 10, 11-year-old class, a lot of them has went to the youth and, you know, they grew two feet and you don't recognize them. And, and it was sort of nice when they come by and said, hi, Sister Karen, how are you? And I'm thinking, okay, who is that? You group, you know, wait, wait a minute, I got to figure out who this is. But there are connections with whatever you do in whatever form you do. I have, I, I'm fine once I meet somebody, but I struggle with just going up to somebody and say, hi, I'm sister or I'm Karen or, and your name is, I struggle with that. I have lately, since I usually sit over here, I have lately made myself sort of go around the church and in the east wing and around. <laughs> and there are a few other people I try to keep connections with. Um, so, yeah, that's... That's good. <laughs> you know, Brother, Brother Todd and I had a... Our first connection was a little different than most. And uh, I don't get the opportunity to share this very often. Um, Brother Scott was on the keyboard at the North Campus. And I'm on the organ at the North Campus. And... I look over and there's this little kid playing the percussion set. I don't know if anybody remembers the percussion. If you met the North Campus percussion kid with wood blocks and the congas and the bongas. And uh, I look over and Brother Todd is, we're in the middle of worship service. It's going really well. This is my first connection with Brother Todd. You're probably. I'm 13. 13 years old. 13 years old. (laughs) And my first connection was with Brother Todd was we're in the middle of playing. I can't remember the song, but it was an upbeat song. And in time, hitting the wood block. With one hand and then the other hand, picking up a Gardetto and eating that Gardetto in the other hand. <laughs> and it was, it was a great way. And, and Brother Ty and I, we've worked together for a long time now. And, um, you know, we've established a great connection. Um, we laugh about a lot of stuff. Um, but, but, but Ty, why don't you give your perspective on this and, and, and how to serve and cultivate connection, relationship, because, you know, you're, you're facilitating, helping facilitate North Campus worship. You're up here leading worship. You're connecting with kids, doing all kinds of things right now. So why don't you give us your perspective on that? Not my finest moment. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, definitely uh, connecting with people is, you know, it's one of the, it's really big um, when you're leading worship and stuff. You're, you're connecting with the crowd, but you're also connecting with the people on your team. And um, connecting like with all the young people, it's just been an incredible experience connecting with you know, generation above me, you know, my generation. Um, it's very important. It's very important that, you know, when we're up here as a team that we have a relationship with other people. If I'm, if I'm not connecting with, the, with uh, the alto that's standing over there, if we haven't had a conversation, the unity up here is it's messed up. So that's super important. Um, but in, in my uh, chair department, um, it's, uh, there's, there's things that I, you know, there I, I knew that I was able to do by myself, you know, carrying chairs, moving around with the dolly all the time, but um, moving, you know, moving smaller pieces of furniture. But um, I kind of had the mindset like, oh, this would be a perfect time, you know, in the church by myself, moving chairs. Yeah, I can listen to music. I can work on vocal parts, different things like that. Um, but now, you know, now I try and find other people to help me out, you know, find a young person that, you know, is trying to find a you know, something to do in the church that might not, you know, he might not know what he wants to do. Um, and that's what, you know, that's where you can connect with people. Um, even if it's just lifting things and moving stuff around. Um, even the other day, 
um, me and a young person were moving, I think, the choir risers and, and some chairs and furniture around. And I took that opportunity to get to know him a little bit better. You know, hey, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do in life? What do you, you know, you're, you're 15 years old, so maybe you don't, you know, you're not thinking about this kind of stuff. But, you know, do you have a job that, you, you know, you might want to go do work, you know, uh, any idea on, like, what you want to do when you go to college? Kids at 15 don't really think about college and stuff like that very often. But um, he knew, he, he didn't really know what to do, but I gave him some, you know, some ideas. You know, his family, like, they do a lot of mowing, so maybe he could do that and different stuff like that. Things that, you know, not a lot of people talk about, but you're just connecting with people and getting to know people. And, um, you know, if you ever help, need help moving things, we have a lot of young people in the church that can help you do that. So... I, th- I think one of the most important things when it comes to serving along some, 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 some people and when you're serving along somebody, especially when we've been doing music, some, some of the people we've worked with over the years, so they know they can read me at this point. We can read each other. You know, I can look over Brother Franklin. He knows, hey, this is what's going on. Uh, Brother Grant, Brother Todd, Lacey, obviously. You know, a, lot, a lot of the team, when you're serving along somebody, you get to know them to the point to where you know what direction they're going to go. And I think that's the connection that that brings on top of just creating a relationship at the beginning. That connection is so important. Sister Lexi. So I'm going to keep referencing the kitchen because that is pretty much where my heart is right now. Um, it's very important to serve others, and I really enjoy serving others with food. In the nine years that I have been the kitchen director, I've learned a lot. Uh, I realized a long time ago that I don't know everything. And I can probably learn something from everyone around me. Uh, so I take an opportunity when we're working together to ask questions and, you know, see what they can teach me. Um, and that's a way I've learned so many things. And I feel like my knowledge of just even the Lord has grown working in the kitchen. Um, when we are working in the kitchen, when the, we have, there's a team of ladies that's usually the same group of ladies. We've gotten to know each other pretty well. We know they know what I need them to do. There's, it's, there's a really nice harmony. And that unity that develops in that setting, in whatever setting it is that you're working with a team of people, it's because you're working towards the same purpose. We have a goal. We're fixing a meal. We're going to serve it to people, and they're going to be happy because they're eating our food. Working and serving with our church family strengthens our bond and our connection to one another. With every meal we prepare, there's always a moment when it seems like we're not going to get it done on time, everything's going crazy, and you, know, you just kind of stop and pray, Lord, we need your help. But then all of a sudden, we all focus, we work harder, we get it done, and we can take a deep breath, and it's finished. And now all we have to do is serve it. After that moment, there is this peace and joy that comes over the kitchen because we're working together to serve others, but also we're serving the Lord at the same time. When we are able to give our efforts and serve one another and please others, it makes us happy. And that's, food a lot of times, it makes everybody happy anyway, so that's easy. But it makes us happy at the same time. What a wonderful thing it is to serve with our brothers and sisters of all ages. When we are happily serving and working, we speak to each other of God's greatness his good works, life experiences. Serving together unifies us in our purpose, and no matter what 
setting you're in, no matter where you're serving, it brings everyone together and gives you an opportunity, like Sister Karen said, to get to know someone that you didn't know before and to realize who they are. Because there's a lot of people, I have no idea who they are, but to get in there and work together, that's when you can really learn someone. Yes, let's give her a hand. Yes, it's so important. It's so important. I think we've all kind of seen last year, uh, it was referenced already during shutdown, how important connection was. When we get back, we're, we got back over those 11 or 12 weeks, we got back and we're smiling at each other, giving air high fives with our mask on or whatever. And I think we've, we realized how important that connection was and how much that was missed during those 12 and 13 weeks of when we were shut down and we get back together. And the number one thing for churches to rebound from is connection and serving. And a lot of churches are still struggling with getting volunteers to help out to do whatever. You know, you can ask right now, we're always going to need Sunday school teachers. We're always going to need people holding signs at the Welcome Center, putting chairs up. We're always going to need that. And I think the number one thing to kind of take away from COVID is we got to hold each other up. We've got to help each other serve in whatever aspect is needed. And I think there are still churches still kind of still kind of building back up from that. And I, I'm thankful that we have an incredible church and incredible people that want to just dive in and just do what we need to do. Let me go to the next question. And this is probably something that, that needs to be touched on in depth in, in multiple different ways. But I'm going to ask it really simple. Every generation needs to serve. Um, we're a multi-generational church. Every generation needs to serve. Um, I'll never forget the first time I went to the food pantry and I saw my grandma serving there with Sister Flo. Sister Mary Elkins was serving. And um, I walked in. I was like, hey, grandma, it's good to see you. And she's like, I wouldn't miss it. I was like, okay. And that, that she loves to serve at the food pantry. And every generation needs to serve so we're just going to talk in a very simple context. Why is that so important? Sister Lexi, I'll start with you. So my answer is, it's very simple, I think. Um, it's important to realize that all of us, each and every one of us, are very important and needed. We're all needed to serve in the body, young or old. Thankfully, there's not, you know, 500 Lexis that go to this church. There's a lot of different people in this church that have so many talents and capabilities and strengths. And I think there's a lot that is, we don't even know the strengths and capabilities that are here. But we all have these, and we've all been given them, I do believe, by God, we're all here for a reason, to use those strengths and capabilities. Unfortunately, over time, those capabilities and strengths do change. You're not going to be able to move chairs all your life, you know. So we feel that I, th I do think, we feel that since our strength has diminished, so has our usefulness or importance to the body. This does discourage some people. But when we realize, when we take a step back and realize that no matter what our strengths and capabilities are, that um, we have not diminished, none of that has diminished, our strengths and capabilities have just changed or shifted. You might have to take a different look at what you think you need to do in this body. I'm not gonna be the kitchen director forever. Someday it's gonna have to be somebody that's a little bit younger and has a little bit more energy. But that doesn't mean I'm 
you know, out of commission, that doesn't mean I'm, I've lost my usefulness. That just means I need to figure out what else I can do. We can all find joy in serving no matter what age we are, no matter what we're doing, because we are all important and useful. I think when it comes to Sister Lexi, what you're talking about there, um, I've, I've said a lot of times to several team members about I want to be replaceable. And whatever age that is, I want to I lead with that attitude of knowing that there's going to be a different season in my life. And being okay with somebody taking my role, my position. And I think that's really important for continuity, transitions, whatever the case may be. I'm completely secure if somebody needs to step in. And I need to step into whatever needs to be done. I think it's so important for the continuity of the body to be able to be, you know what, I'm replaceable and that's okay. I'm so happy that you're serving and taking this over, that you're going to do this, you're going to do that. I'm so happy that you're going to do that. Brother Todd, what's your perspective on why every generation needs to serve and why that's important? I don't really, I didn't have this written down, but I, I thought of the story. Um, I was playing the percussion set whenever we were over at the other building. And uh, one of our drummers was sick, and I hadn't really, no one really knew, I think, that I actually played drums, but I knew. And uh, brother, uh, brother Andrew came up to play drums. Um, he was just filling in for someone, and he walked up, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he was like, I just, I got asked to play drums. I was like, where's the other, where's the other drummer? Where, where's he at? And he was like, I don't know. I I just got asked to play drums, and I was like, why? And he was like, dude, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Who is this? And um, I don't know, I just I thought that story, uh, you know, it, can, it, it needs to be generational. Um, I can't, you know, like Sister Lexi said, I can't move chairs all my life. I'm, I'm going to get older. Um, I can't, I'm not going to be able to lead worship at the North Campus for really much longer. But um, I've got to be pushing and making the way for the next person to take that spot. And um, it's very important. Um, I remember uh, I first started playing drums for the church. I started upstairs in the kids' worship center, and I wasn't, I wasn't very good. Um, I thought I was, but I wasn't. Um, but it gave me an opportunity and, um, to, to learn and to grow. And then I moved on to the North Campus. It, it went to the next, you know, next part. And um, it's just kind of been how our church has been. It's been generational. And, um, the, you know, the sound booth upstairs is run by the kids. The sound booth at the North Campus is, is, is youth-led. You know, services upstairs are, youth, are children-led, and services over at the other church are youth-led. And so I think it's very important that the generation ahead of us is developed. And it kind of, you know, the generation uh, before me developed and made the way for us. So I think that, that makes, um, makes it very important. You know, when you have a generational church, it automatically creates mentorship. And by the time you're talking about graphics, sound, you know, going from kids to youth to now here, it's happened across the board. Um, Pastor Andrew has some youth holding signs and now there's youth over here holding signs and other people holding signs. You know, it's all that mentorship journey when it comes to generational is so important. I remember 
when I when I was first coming coming in to play music, and Brother Scott would tell me some things, I'm like, all I said was yes, sir, yes, sir. And even if I thought it should be done my way, that's not how it was done. So I was like, yes, sir, let's let's go with that. And I think I think one of the the biggest things is allow allow other people to speak into you, and and let that happen. That's something I've had to learn. That's something I've had to learn. I've 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 thought I've thought I was younger one day, a long time ago. I was a little younger, and I thought I had it figured out. And uh, I've I've had to use people to kind of help me along the journey, especially music. I've had to lean on some people that are established. Um, those established people, they're the ones that are there to they're they're always there to help you. They're always there to help you, and they that that commitment is always there to mentorship and. The other, the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. Sister Karen. Why is it so important for every generation to serve? Well, it connects to generations. We pass the mantle on, as they've already been talking about. Um, pastor has told Andrew that one day he will not be youth pastor because, you know, he don't want an older 50-year-old guy pastoring the youth um, because 50-year-olds are not going to think like you know, may not be able, Andrew may, but, you know, he's a kid at heart. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, they're not going to connect with, an eight, with the 18 and then a, the 16 and the 13-year-old kids. Um, when him, I'll talk about him because he's my kid, so I can do that, I guess. Uh, when they are, or anybody is past that season in their life, like Sister Lexi just said earlier, there's something else to do. There's always something else to do. And, you know, I talk about my family or people that I know because it's the people that I know. Uh, and as Zachary said, my mom loves her part in the food pantry. And she may not be able to do some of the things she used to do. And I did not have this in my notes, but mom and dad used to host the, the corn roasts and the hay rides back in, in the day. Um, um, my dad would put people in the in the bucket and scare her by half to death. But um, but it was so nice for my mom to be able to go to the coffees a few weeks ago and um, see them do the same thing. And um, that is carried on, maybe not by family member, but it is someone else. Um, <clears throat> so we're a family. This church is a family. Our seasons change. When we all do our part, it leaves nothing undone. It teaches humility. It teaches fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. John 13.35, which I think um, Sister Lexi kind of uh, touched on this. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. It gives us purpose. We learn we're not our own. As 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20 says, what, Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not of your own, for you are bought with a price. I found a chart, and it talks about a servant leader and a secular leader. The servant leader is among us. A secular leader is over us. A servant leader serves others. A secular ruler exercises authority or lords over you. A servant leader serves others. 
a secular ruler leads by command, a servant leader gives to others, a secular ruler takes from others, a servant leader never forces, a secular ruler uses or abuses his power, a servant leader achieves commitment, and a secular leader achieves compliance. So good. I am the way I am because of this lady, my, my father. It's incredible. Oof. Um, we're going to question five tonight. We just got a couple more questions left. And this, this is a, a two-part question. It's a very loaded question. We've kind of touched on a few things and it all, things thread together. You know, as you can tell during panels and during the series, there's threads. It all kind of threads together. So this is two parts, and it's talking about being committed again and, and consistent. So the first question is, what has sustained you to be consistent and committed, committed to serving regardless of what area you're serving? It doesn't matter how big, how small it is. And the second part to that question is, how do you serve consistently and committed with an attitude of thanksgiving rather than a perspective of routine, which is so hard sometimes to do because it's so easy to get into routine. So, Brother Todd, I'll let you kick this one off. I would always, uh, I always remember Sister Mary Phil. She would always be, um, she would always be serving. Whatever, whatever was needed, she did everything. She would pull weeds outside on Saturday and take up the offering on Sunday. And, um, you know, the stories of Sister Mary Fell were amazing to hear. She would just always be serving. She would be available to do anything that was needed. So I do my best to be available. Whatever's needed of me to do, do it with a, with a heart of joy and uh, with an attitude of Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving. Um, when I was younger, I think it just started out as routine. You know, you get asked to do something, you do it. Um, but as I've gotten older... Um, and not for the attention or not for a pat on the back, but if I got asked to do something, you know, I found joy in doing things that benefited the church, joy in, you know, things that benefited people. And um, putting my time and effort into serving the church as well as serving God. And um, like I said, you know, not for any type of reward, but the reward will come. There will be an inheritance that you get from serving, from serving people, from serving God. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree with everything. I, I think when it comes to serving, mom, mom, you, I'm going to call you mom. And uh, I know she touched on it earlier. Um, not, it's not just serving people. I think sometimes getting into a, pers- a perspective of like serving like a service type of ministry, if you're just doing a task, can, can lead you into like just being, oh, I'm just doing this. When you're serving people, it's almost like a new journey. It's almost like something new. Sister Lexi? found this verse the other day. It's 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So first of all, um, the older I get, the more I realize that I don't want to take anything for granted. I don't want to take the Lord for granted. I don't want to take anything that he has blessed my family with for granted. He's blessed us so much that I count it a privilege to serve. My parents exemplified and instilled a great work ethic in me, so no matter what the work is, 
or the services, I'm going to give it my best. This applies even more so when serving in the church, I think. No matter what you're doing to serve the church or the body, it's important to do your best. Also, I want to be a good example for my children and anyone else that is around me. I'm going to give God my all and my best. A thought occurred to me while I was considering this question. When we're busy with the work, as the verse said, always abounding or abundantly serving. I thought that was, I liked always abounding. I thought that sounded really neat. Our hands are working. And while our hands are working, our minds are also working. We're thinking about what our hands are currently doing and what they need to do next. This leaves no room, in my opinion, for idle thoughts. Idle thoughts can lead to bitterness, jealousy, anger, and many more negative emotions. So if our hands are idle and we are not focused on the work that we are supposed to be doing, it opens the door to an idle mind. Busy hands lead to satisfaction and a completed work, joy and fulfillment, knowing that you are serving a purpose no matter what area you're serving in. Even if you're just walking around and picking up all the trash, you are serving a purpose. And I find Thanksgiving in what I do rather than routine because serving anywhere in this church is exciting. You're working with like-minded people that love the Lord and the church. You're talking about the Lord while you're working. You're talking about how much you love each other, how much you love this church. When we serve, we need to remember that whatever we are doing always serves a higher purpose. I go to my job every day, and I do work hard, and I try my best. But that goal is basically just a paycheck. Here in this house, in God's house, the goal is so much more beautiful, lovely, peaceful than any routine job in the world. Working here fills me with joy, no matter what I'm doing, which leads to each work being done with Thanksgiving. Yes, so true. So, Karen? Consistent and committed. I guess it has been imprinted on me down through the years. Um, When I tell someone... I'm going to do something, that is what I try to do unless there is something really, if I'm not here at church, I'm on vacation or I'm sick or uh, my mom's sick or something to that effect. Um, consistency, you know, you got to be consistent in whatever you do, whether, you know, it's at home with your children, whether it's here at the church, consistency is such a great thing. Um, and I also feel like I'm privileged to serve. To portray this to the next generation, um, that's a privilege, and it's an honor um, to pay it forward, so to speak. And the other thing is, I'm going to respect what the previous generation did for me. And um, my mom and dad, when they gave us something to do, if we didn't do it quite like they thought that we were capable of doing, they, had, they, were, they were both on the same page with us. Um, <laughs> If you're going to do something, you do it right the first time, because if not, you're going to have to go back and do it right the second, you're going to have to go back and do it. So we were taught, you know, um, I think last week, uh, Brother Tico um, uh, touched on everything done here is done with excellency. It's excellent. You know, we don't, we don't do half-heartedly. We do it with everything within us. And um, as far as the previous generation, I've got a lot to be thankful for. And a lot to pay forward. I think before we move on to this, this next question, uh, we're going to go back to 
kind of talk about the unity of the body again in here a second. I was at a, I was at a convention for work um, I don't know, probably several years ago. And most businesses look at, look at climbing that corporate ladder as a hierarchy or experience. You gain experience and you do so many things, then you can move up. And I'm at this convention, and I know what we're doing here at New Life. I know exactly what we're doing. We're generational. We're teaching. We're learning from others. And, and, and all of a sudden, this, this gentleman gets up, and he talks about the four T's. He called it the four T's. Um, just came to me, and I had to pull the note up. Um, the first T was teach. Um, I do. You watch. Uh, the second T was train. I do. You help. The third T was test, you do, I help. And the fourth T was transform, you do, and I watch. As we get into the, this, how serving brings unity to the body in this last question for the night, I think, I think we all can understand that everything we do is for somebody else. It's never about us. The pastor said it multiple times that this is the one institution that's not for direct members. We're trying to reach out. We're trying to serve. We want you to get in. We want you to serve. We want you to, to be in, involved in so many different things. You know, sometimes it takes different efforts and different training and those types of things, and that's okay. I think that's good. We all can stretch ourselves. And I think the beautiful thing about how does serving, bringing unity to the body is, is how we work together. And I know I just kind of kicked that off, but, you know, the whole, I do it, you watch, we've done this, we've practiced this before. I gave piano lessons for years, and um, I've gotten to the point to where I don't give piano lessons anymore. Um, Brother, Brother Roman gives all the piano lessons now. I don't, I don't have to do it anymore. It's, I don't have to. And he does a great job. He's, I'm sure he's learning. I'm sure he's learning. Different kids require different things. If you're a parent of one of those students, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you for you investing in your kids. And whatever, whatever it is, invest in your kids. Invest in each other. If, if you're, I, I need the Sister Cairns, the, the Sister Flo Hooper Gardeners of the world, the Sister Mary Elkins of the world to, to, to speak to me. I need that. So, We'll finish this, this, the night off with this last question. How does serving bring unity to the body? Sister Karen? Well, I'm, I started with the verse that you start our questions out with, Philippians 2.22. Fulfill my joy that you may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. And um, when you're serving as unto the Lord and preferring your brother or your sister, there is unity. Um, Sunday night was such a great service. Um, I, you know, the area I was in, you, everybody else, you was in wherever you was, but I was over here, and that was the area that um, Craig's dad happened to be in, and Don Grassick was there. And um, the brother, Todd Nichols, um, prayed for um, brother Don Grassick first, before Craig's dad, but when Brother Don Grassick seen what was happening with Craig's dad, um, it's like the two of them, I don't know what happened, but the two of them connected, 
And um, there was such unity right there and such power and such anointing. And I want to thank you, Brother Don, for that. Um, there, and Lexi had just taught on this on the, or touched on this on the, the question before, but there cannot be idleness among us, and I just put it breeds contempt. Um, we need to be busy about our Father's business. Yes, very, very good. Yes. Sister Lexi. When we all realize that we're working together for a higher purpose, there's going to be unity. When we understand that our brothers and our sisters here in the church will work beside us with the same goal in mind, there will be unity. When each of us come to the realization that no job in the church is greater than the other, I'm sorry, I lost my place, rather than depend on one another to function as a whole, there will be unity whenever we all work together and we realize that just like a body, every piece is extremely important. If we were just an ear, how would we see? If we were just a nose, how would we taste? Every single person is important, and I think whenever we all come to that realization, there will be unity. Yes. Well, it's on. Um, all, th- all throughout the Bible, you find examples that when people work together for one cause, there's, there's unity. Something happens. And um, just a couple examples, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, the upper room. Um, Matthew, in Matthew, it talks about whether two or three are gathered. I think the same thing goes for whenever you're serving. Um, it ties back into the question from earlier. When you're serving with other people around the church, there's, you know, you're able to connect. You're, you're, you're able to, you know, show examples of, you know, show examplership and, um, you know, talk about, talk to each other about things that are going on in your life, um, different victories that, that you have had together. So I think unity is very important. Yeah, and we've mentioned it several times. Brother, uh, Pastor Terry spoke about this. Pastor Terry Shock, Pastor Harpole has talked about this. Where there's unity, there's going to be revival. And I think we had an incredible time Sunday, and you can feel the anticipation happening in the, in the house. You can feel the movement we're going. The season of giving we just had more than enough was incredible. You can just feel the excitement. Let's give our three panel members a hand, Brother Todd, Sister Lexi, Sister Karen. Did a great job tonight. And how ironic is that this coming Sunday is Connect Sunday. We have Connect Sunday for life groups, so out in the atrium before morning service and in the evening, or actually in the afternoon, not evening. In the afternoon, we'll have science for life, life classes, life groups. Make sure you sign up. There's going to be a life class in here, so if something fills up, there'll be, there's going to be a group in here meeting. So let, we're going to stand, we're going to pray before we, before we end the night that God will keep us. We're thankful for everyone that serves in this house, outside of the house, serves people, but let's, let's pray together. Lord, we are so thankful for the opportunity again to be here. We're thankful for every person that serves across this campus. Lord, touch them, God. Cover them with your blood. Give them favor, God. Give them blessing. More than anything, give us strength for everything that we do. Everything, every, everywhere we serve, God, give us strength. We thank you for the time that they give, the sacrifice that they give to be away sometimes from their family. But we're looking forward to the service this Sunday. We just have good church, God, and your spirit be poured out. 
Move on us, Lord. We thank you for everything. We're going to give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being here. Y'all be blessed. We love y'all so much.